The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another week, another episode of Messages of Hope. I have to tell you that every once in a while, due to my travel schedule, I have to record the show in advance, and it's not live. Today is definitely live, but I was just thinking of a few times that I pre-recorded the show, and I was thinking of what a difference I experience when the show is not live. We have to imagine that it's live because we can't stop if we make a mistake or if something happens. But I was thinking, what is it that makes that difference? There's a kind of a flat feeling. And I realized it's all of you. You're not there listening in in the moment. And that that love connection is not real time. So Know that you make this huge difference knowing that we are connecting across the miles right here because when we connect at the heart, there is no space between us. That's what love's all about, that lack of separation. So I was listening, as I always do, to the lyrics of the Messages of Hope theme song, Listen, They're All Around You. And our guest today knows that for a fact. Our guest is Tina Tache, and Tina is spelled a little bit differently. It's T-E-A-N-A, but pronounced like T-I-N-A. Tina and I met at the Afterlife Conference in Orlando last November. She sat in on my workshop, and afterwards she came up and she gave me the gift of this beautiful, large hardcover book called Turned Upside Down, and it's a children's book. And I got so excited when I went home and read it because there aren't enough books like this that help children to know that when we have a loved one who crosses the veil, they're still with us, and that explains about the soul and the spirit. So I contacted Tina and asked her if she would come on the show and talk to us about her perspective, and we'll let her tell us why she wrote this book. But let me just first tell you that Tina lives in South Florida with her husband, their two sons, and Tina says, and all of her angels. Her life is inspired daily through her connection with her brother and her mom on the other side. She spends most of her time caring for her family and others, which includes her commitment to Camp Fiesta, a summer camp for children with cancer. That's beautiful. Tina, welcome to the show. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you for having me. 
It's my pleasure. Now, everybody, Tina warned me she can get emotional. And I said, well, that makes you very real. So I hope you have your box of Kleenex next to you, Tina. And we're just going <laughs> to we're just going to let this unfold as it will. I think the emotion is beautiful. So your book is called Turned Upside Down. And you wrote it after the passing of your brother. Why don't you start with your journey with your brother? So when I was 13, my brother passed um, very suddenly, uh, had a heart condition we didn't know about, and um, and then that was it. You know, he was gone, and there were no more pictures. There was one picture that seemed to stay around, and um, we didn't... Well, let me ask you about that a second. First of all, your mm-hmm. brother's name is Maury. I should have mentioned that first. Right. I'm sorry. And how old was okay. he? He was 24. Okay. Now, when you say there were no more pictures, do you mean that your parents put them away so they wouldn't be hurt by seeing them or that there just wouldn't be any more pictures? That they were away. There was there was one picture that I always remember growing up with. But, you know, one of the things that I always talk to others about is, you know, don't make their lives go away. And it's it's because that's that's how I grew up. Um you know, it wasn't that anybody forgot about him. Obviously, the pain was always there. But, you know, that was the way they, they handled it. Um, they needed to handle it. And what I came to realize was many years later how that, that affected me and my fear of death and the unknown and how quickly things happen. And I spent most of my time growing up fearful of anybody and everybody <laughs> leaving um, because the last time I saw my brother, he was actually visiting because my mother had had a heart attack. Oh, my. He was fine. So it was a lot, you know, at 13. And you, right. you push on and you say you're fine and everybody says you're fine, so you keep going. And it's not until a lot of years later that you realize the impact it had. And that's a lot of where the book came from because I like to do my part. Um with Maury because I'd like to take credit for this book, but I can't. It's all him um, sent me on this journey to to try and share that message that we don't we don't lose them. Love doesn't die, and to keep them in our lives. So he's come back with a full force vengeance, and he's always been here, but I didn't know until many many years later. Um, no kidding. So we'll get to the book, but this is this is what I love when we talk about those signs and the evidence from the other side that they're still around. So why don't you share how it came to be that you realized that he had been around you since he passed? Okay, so so how I first started learning about him was not actually on my own. It was from my oldest, who is now 23. Um, he Your was own child old at the time. I have two children, two boys, Jeremy and Jason, and uh, my first child, we were going to sleep that night, or he was going to sleep that night, and we read our book and did the whole bedtime thing, and then he turned over and went to sleep, and I thought he was sleeping, and he turned around and looked at me and said, and keep in mind, at this point, my brother's name today is a household word. We talk about him all day long. Um, my kids did not know him, obviously. Uh, but he turned around to me at that time. We didn't really talk about him. And he said, Mommy, was Uncle Maury supposed to get married? To which, of course, 
you can imagine my surprise. Yeah. And I looked at him in shock and I said, yes, but how do you, oh, no, I'm sorry. Was he supposed to get married on your birthday? That's a big part of the story. Even better. And I said, <laughs> and I said, yes, but how do you know that? And he looked at me like a four-year-old and says, I don't know. I just do. And then he turned around and went to sleep. Mm. Well, that so, must have left you reeling. Yeah, you know, and of course the next morning I'm on the phone to my mother and my sister and I start asking them, you know, did you say anything to Jeremy about Maury getting married on my birthday? Did the girls say anything? To which they both responded, what do you mean Maury was getting married on your birthday? Oh, they so didn't even the know, but you time, knew this? So I knew this, and the last time I saw my brother, I, I walked him down the stairs, and he was getting ready to leave, and he said to me, can you keep a secret? Oh. <laughs> I was 13, of course. And he said, Debbie and I are going to get married, and we're getting married on your birthday. And, oh, of course, I was I so excited because it. it was my birthday, and I had this secret, and um, he said, I love you. He turned around and he left. Well, a few weeks later, he was gone. And what I didn't know and never thought about all those years was it was really a secret. He never got the chance to tell anybody. So we have no idea except that Maury came to Jeremy and told him because there's just no explanation. Apparently nobody else knew. Exactly. That's beautiful. Give me another one. I love so, this. We eat this up. So you, you'd think that was enough um, for me to start exploring or get hit over the head, and it wasn't. Um, but then that morning, Jer the next morning, Jer uh, the following night, Jeremy had a dream about Maury. Mm -hmm. And he woke up the next morning, explained this dream, told me he was in our hallway with Billy the Marlin, which is, seems funny. But um, my brother was able to figure out a connection, and um, my son was really into baseball, and Maury was really into fishing. So he brought back his fishing interest in a way that Jeremy could explain it to me. And then I said, did anything else happen? And he said, he took a picture out of his pocket and he gave it to me, um, and then he wasn't there anymore. So then I went upstairs and I found a photo album that I had made when he had passed away that was up in a closet. Nobody had seen it. And I said, okay, Jeremy, it's time to learn a little bit about your uncle. And I hmm. got the album and I started sharing with him and we're into it a few pages and he starts pointing incessantly. Hmm. Mommy, mommy, this is the picture. This is the picture that Uncle Maury showed me. And then that was it. That kind of started the journey um you would think that i would go from there but we just took it as kind of a cool thing and i didn't know what to do with that and about a year later um jason comes into the world or bring maury brings me jason is my second <laughs> and maury shows up again and this time he shows up like you hear you know in the movies and stories, nothing I've ever experienced before or nothing I've ever experienced again, but he's 
I'm ready to go to sleep and he's kind of hover. I didn't, wasn't feeling well. And I was thinking I need to get up and take some medicine. And I was like, Oh, I'll do it in the morning. And, uh, all of a sudden I feel Maury's presence and I realize he's telling me I'm pregnant and oh, gosh. I need to get up and take care of this. It's not just about me. So now I'm really freaking out and I get up. And I go to take the medicine, and it's a, it's a long, long story, um, but there's a calendar, and I haven't read it. It's one of those daily calendars, and um, I pull it out, and I'm like, because I'm shivering now, and I'm having that whole experience that you hear about, mm-hmm. and I start to read the calendar. I'm like, all right, until I calm down, let me just start reading and catch up on my calendar, the OCD in me, and um, the very first page says... Heart, um, heartache, like uh, heartache proves we exist. And, you know, I've seen the word heartache my entire life, right? You see it as mm-hmm. heartache. But mm-hmm. if you look at the word, that night I did not see heartache. I saw here, Tache, H-E-A-R, oh. Tache, and that spells heartache. Oh, my gosh. I'm writing so. it out. <laughs> That's your last name. Here, Tasha, mm-hmm. H-E-A-R, like here. Uh-huh. Is that Maury's last like, name too or your last name? No, no, that's my yeah. married name. But he so, wants yeah. you to hear him. I love that. Yes. Yes. Wow. I'll send you a picture of it. I still have the paper. And you've been spending your whole life in, with this name and hadn't, or how, is it your married name? This is my married name, yes. And never realized that with that word. That is very cool. Never. <laughs> that's what never. I call a God wink. In this case, a Maury wink. I'm Winkle. <laughs> well, listen, those are three beautiful stories. Let's talk about the story that you wrote. This book is called Turned Upside Down, and it's called a flip book, Turning Upside Down, Right Side Up by Connecting with the Other Side. Why don't you tell everybody who's listening what you mean by a flip book, because it's so clever. So it's so... The book is designed as a conversation with your loved one. So the, the first part of it is um, the child or adult, whoever's reading it, is speaking to their loved one and sharing how they feel um, with their passing. And then about halfway through, the book literally turns upside down. So you close it and you flip it over. And the other side is your loved one speaking back to you in response. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really so clever because you can feel the whole change in the conversation. First, the the book talks about the heartache. We could actually read some of it later that and the sense of loss that the person here experiences. And then this beautiful reassuring message is once you flip the book over. So the cover is the same on both sides of the book. The only way you know where to start is because the back side has a barcode on it. So you feel like, oh, that's the back. And so you start in the one direction, but really you could start either way. What, what uh, encouraged you to write this book? So Maury. <laughs> yes. Um, I had actually gone to a channeler. Um, I had been asked to go see her for about two years. Finally made time to go see her in a group setting. And she was amazing. And it was one of, uh, it was close to the anniversary date of, of Maury's death. So I thought, well, 
let's do this. So I made a, an appointment with her on March 10th and um, we sat down and a lot of what came out of it, of Maury's message was he wanted me to work on a project with him. She didn't know what it was, how it was going to come to, but the only thing she told me is he wanted to work on a project with me and that it was only going to come to me in the quiet moments that I carved out in my life. So that very night I went home and kind of gave myself a hard time at the end of the night and said, okay, it's the first day and you still didn't, you didn't even carve out any time today. You never will. So I carved out some time and did a quiet meditation and the book came rushing in. He was just waiting. Wow. Did you feel his presence? It would, um, I don't want to say that I felt his presence. It, it was just all the book. It was the entire, everything, the words, mm-hmm. the, the concept of it. Mm-hmm. It was like, I didn't want to open up my eyes because everything was rushing in so quickly. And it was one of those things that you, you get, you know, you write a this or you write a that and you say, I have to write it down before I forget. Right. There was no forgetting. I immediately went to the computer and had to just get it all out because it was there and it wasn't mind to stop you know I, I love that this is how it works for so many people they don't realize that all it takes is going to that place of silence and taking the time and so many people don't do that but once you did it there it was because the intention that had been said and that the meeting with the channeler opened you to the belief that that would happen so that's beautiful the very first night. Hmm. Awesome. So how did you make it happen? Well, so I wrote it all out that night. I concepted every single picture. And um, about three years prior to writing the book, I was asked to sit in on um, an author's speaking engagement for one of my son's teachers. She was doing a thesis, and I needed to write a paper on her event she planned Mm -hmm. and I fell in love with the story and the author and we spoke and her last words to me were well if you ever need anything call me (laughs) so without hesitation which I would always normally hesitate to impose on anybody is why I know I had nothing to do with this book um, I called her and it was um, Mother's Day weekend and I didn't even think twice and um, that led me to my illustrator who is now a dear friend and what I consider to be a soul sister. Her and our and my path have crossed since we are little children and we never met. Um, hmm. And Karen, so her name, I'm looking at the book, is Karen Kiesler, and she just done a marvelous job with this book. The, the drawings, it's fully illustrated, clearly a children's book, big full page, beautiful, bright, light, happy drawings and so well done i look at it and it just opens my heart i'm flipping the pages now she is a a humble humble miracle worker <laughs> and um karen had been asked to do many books um after her first one and she turned them all down she's a a gifted photographer and clear clearly a gifted illustrator but she didn't do any of the other books and they gave her mine, and she said after she cried, um, uh-huh. if, she, if the seven-year-old Karen could have written a letter to her father, this is what she would have written because she lost her father at seven. 
Oh, gosh. And, um, we instantly connected. So I like beautiful. to say that Karen took my heart and put it out through her hands because she's she's just a beautiful person. Well, it's a beautiful book. And you say in the book's jacket that you want to open conversations with children and adults. And I see from hearing your story that you didn't have that conversation with your parents. So you want to allow kids to process, to understand and embrace the loss of their very special someone. So it's not just for children who have a brother or sister. It's just for children in general who really need to talk through the death of a loved one, right? Oh, yes, the death of, of anybody. And, you know, it's as much for the, the children it is, as it is for the adults because, you know, when children are grieving, nine times out of ten, the adults around them are grieving. And so right. we send the children off to play or to school and they do what they're supposed to do, their children, and we say they're fine. And it's easier for us to deal with our grief, not dealing with theirs. And so I, I hope that the, the book is used as a tool to open up those conversations that are so very hard to open, even for therapists. Um, and so far, wherever it goes, it seems to be working. So that makes me really happy. So for those of you who may have joined us a little late, we're talking with author, mom, sister, Tina Tache, and that's spelled T-E-A-N-A-T-A-C-H-E. And you're going to want to know how to spell that so you can look up her book on Amazon or order it in your bookstore. It's called Turned Upside Down, and that's really what it is, is a conversation starter for children. What ages would you say the book is good for? Everybody. So I know that sounds really cliche, but even at the conference we were at, I had somebody buy it for um, their mother who had just lost their mother, who was, um, I think the person that, no, it was a friend's mother or something. And the person they were buying it for was 80 years old. Oh, gosh. she said, you know, it's because the message is the same. It's the same for a child or an adult. And when we're grieving, a lot of the books get really heavy. And this just allows us to connect. Um, you know, and I have adults who have told me they use it as like a quiet meditation because of the way the conversation goes. It helps them feel closer to their their loved ones. And I was fortunate enough before my mother passed um, that the book was finished and she she got to use it a little bit and kind of full circle of life that she was able to connect and feel closer to Maury. She said she felt closer to Maury when she held it and she read it, which she couldn't do on her own. So that was a true gift that he gave us both before she, she passed. Were you able to discuss with your mom or did she realize that at the time you, the lack of talking about your brother uh, was hurtful? Not in a blaming way, but did she understand that? No, we really um, didn't talk about it by the time Mm -hmm. the book was written. um, I didn't really want to go there with her. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have her have any regrets. I know she did the best she could at the time. That's beautiful. That's exactly right. That's how to view that. That's what I wanted to get around to. You know, we do the best we can. And, and, and I think different times, too, different eras and the way everybody's raised, they, we don't know what to say, which is why yeah. your book is so beautiful, because it, it opens that Thank door. You. Thank you. Now, you said the, the message 
is the same in the book? What is, if you were to summarize it, what is the message of the book for so adults or children? That, the message is the love same. Never dies, that, that we're allowed to grieve, we're allowed to cry, we're allowed to laugh, and it doesn't, we don't lose our loved ones. Um, and we can create a whole different um, relationship with them and still have one with them after they're gone. I mean, for me, Maury, Maury died when I was 13. He moved out when I was probably five. So when you think about how much time I had with him here on earth and, and really the relationship we were able to have or not have, I would say I have even a stronger one with him now than I did with him then just for sheer time. And boy, that's a very that's a wonderful point that I see come up in my readings that I do as a medium so often with people that I show them that our loved ones who pass are actually much closer when they are quote across the veil than when they were here because their presence can be with us in an instant. Always, uh, you know he. So when my mom passed, um, I felt like Maury was taking a little bit of a back seat. Um, for lack of a better explanation, mom came back with a vengeance in in signs and her being very present. And, and we did talk about that before she passed. Um, that, that she that would give you we, signs? Yeah, that we, we came up with a plan. She didn't follow it to a T, but she gave it to me even in, in, a, in a better way. Um, but I went to a channeler. Um, shortly after she passed, but when I felt like May, why was I felt like Maury wasn't gone, but he was he was taken aback, and I started to get nervous. Mm. Is this it? Was he here with me all these years? Because life was rather challenging when Mom was getting older, and he was with me every step of the way. You know, in the middle of the night in ERs and hospital rooms and wherever, in the car on the way there, whatever. And I started to get a little concerned. Okay, does he think I don't need him anymore? I don't want him. And the channeler's message to me was she actually heard him laughing. And as if, to, and he said, like, as if, as if I could actually leave. There, there is no such thing as me leaving. That doesn't happen. We don't leave. We're always here. Exactly. And acknowledge that, you know. He was busy on many levels and doing lots of different things and all of that, but always here. And he is. He has not left. And I do realize now that that was kind of a silly fear. Exactly. So and your so attention wonderful. was on your mom, and that's where it needed to be. And it was likely giving you that time. Backwards. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, well, we're talking with Tina Teshe. We're going to take a three-minute break here, but everybody come back. I'm going to talk some more about her book and the amazing synchronicity about the center of the book where it flips. So come on back and join us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. I heard from a young lady who was just starting out as a Unity minister, and she said, I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated. And I wrote her back and said, Honey, you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate. Because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Are you a spiritual explorer? Enrich your journey by engaging in inspiring and uplifting online courses starting now. Powered by Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute's world-class online learning management system, you can join in live or study at your own pace in the comfort of your home. Check out courses and topics like mindfulness meditation, grief management, spiritual growth, and a lot more. Get help and support to achieve your dreams. Find out more by going to unity.org slash spiritual explorers today. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Experience everyday peace with Dr. Drayvon James every Monday at 4 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio. In today's busy world, it's easy to get overwhelmed and disconnected. Tune in to the show for practical tips on how to handle whatever life throws at you. Dr. James welcomes some interesting guests and will help you get through any challenges you have with grace. Join the show live or listen later on demand right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Welcome back. Indeed, we're talking with Tina Tache, who I met at the Afterlife Conference in Orlando in November. She gave me a copy of her book, Turned Upside Down. Overtly, it's a children's book to help children start a conversation with those in their lives after they have somebody close to them who's passed to the other side. But as Tina shared with us in the first half hour, it's for anybody that needs to talk about the fact that love never dies. Tina, we were talking before the show began today that the center of the book has a picture that's very 
interesting to me and quite a coincidence. You want to talk about what that picture is and why you chose it? So the center of the book where the book flips the other way um, can is the only uh, two pages in the book that you can see from either side and it won't be upside down. Um, and what we created was um, a picture that we thought would represent um, both of our worlds uh, communicating with each other and that being here on earth and, and on the other side. And so we have uh, two dolphins, we, me and Karen, <laughs> um, one dolphin is going one way, the other one's going the other way, like the yin and the yang sign centered around the, the world, um, representing uh, the communication with, with both sides. And again, that we were we were trying to put it on the front cover something happened and this whole thing this whole creative aha moment happened for us and 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 that's what came out of it and it landed up on the center of the book and again Karen and I created but but Maury was the driver and and I really think that he he did that um and and the dolphins represent the spirits coming back to us and one of the things I have from his passing is um, a dolphin that I made him. It was a ceramic dolphin, and it was given to me uh, by a family member when he passed. Although I came to find out many years later, I thought it was a dolphin. It's really a, a shark. Oh, okay. I thought it was a dolphin, so that's my connection. Well, the connection with you and me then is that you got a copy of my book, Wolf's Message, and hadn't read it until just recently. And those of you who have read Wolf's Message know all about Wolf drawing a yin-yang symbol with two dolphins in the middle of it, where normally we would just have the dots and the, 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 the white and the black parts coming together. Wolf drew dolphins. And to have you with this this yin-yang symbol and the two Dolphins coming together is just tremendous because we don't see that too often. And it's just a beautiful God wink that you just noticed that in the last couple of days in the book, in Wolf's message book. So I have a feeling that Wolf and Maury may be collaborating to get this book into more people's hands. So you talked about earlier in the show how Maury had been giving you signs, but you didn't notice and that happens to so many people who don't know to look or aren't sure of what's going on. Why don't you share with us some of those signs? So so the, the biggest concrete sign that I could ever show anybody in writing, um, Jeremy, uh, the older one who was the first one to ask me about Maury getting married and, and started this whole process, um, I... A couple of years before that, I had seen an astrologer, and I didn't know anything about this world then. And we talked, and she told me about some eclipses I had, and the number 731 kept coming up. And I was like, okay, and didn't really mean anything. And then right before I left, I asked her, you know, if if my son was born at 731 in the morning, would that mean anything to all of this? And she looked at me and went, <laughs> oh, my God, yes can you please go check? And if so, will you please come back? And so I checked and he was born at 731 in the morning. Um, and of course I never went back and I never followed up with her, but you know, not only did Maury bring the message to get through to me to Jeremy when he was four years old, he showed up at his birth and I, I didn't know. Um, 731, mm. which we didn't explain is, is my birthday. 
and he oh, was wow. going to get married <laughs> on my birthday. And that's where all of that comes from. So, um, yeah, so he showed up there. Um, Maury also, uh, he passed on, on May 10th. And my young, my younger son, his due date was May 10th. Yeah. And um, according to the doctor, he was conceived on 731. Oh, gosh. Well, when I was <laughs> all over the place in case I wasn't paying attention. And then um, I went into early labor and I was like, no, 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 it has to be the 10th. But, <laughs> After my initial panic, I was like, no, he's going to show up. And some a bunch of stuff was happening, and things took longer than they were supposed to. And the doctor said, okay, we'll see you closer to midnight. And I said, no, I'll see you around 10 o'clock. And he said, excuse me? And my husband said, it's okay, just go. <laughs> so I thought he was going to be born at 10.05, but it turned out that he was actually born at 9.55. Um, that was my mistake because... That's really five ten, five minutes to ten o'clock. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, all the time and and has continued to do it. Um, back about that astrologer that was two years prior to that. Um, the big eclipse was seven thirty one two thousand, and that was when I and what happens is like big things. You get married, you have a kid, something happens, and that's when I got pregnant with um, Jason. The last thing is there's a poem in the book, um, and if you read it, the poem is honestly very similar to the book. That was not a plan by me, but when I decided, you know, I wanted to dedicate it in a special way other than just a small line in the front, I went back to a, a folder that I knew had poems in it, and I was looking for a specific poem that I remembered, and I took the folder out and the minute I took the folder out, a piece of paper fell out of the folder and onto the floor. And on this stationery, covered in dolphins, which I didn't remember having until that moment, was actually the poem that landed up in the book. Um, because it is so similar and because clearly Maury didn't want the other poem. Maury wanted that poem. And it just so, happened to fall out. You know, yeah. Tina, I had a huge aha as you were speaking, and I'm getting this download from my team in spirit you mentioned he was born at your son was born at 955 and you were waiting for 510 and 955 is five minutes to 10 but I didn't see that until you mentioned it and it's like the word earlier in the show you talked about heartache and I would look at the word heartache and only see the word heartache but it comes out to h-e-a-r here Tache, which is your last name. So there's a second example of seeing two things differently. And then you have this picture in the middle of your book, which is the two dolphins around the world. I never saw the dolphins until you mentioned it at the right before we came on the show, because I was focused on the world. And this is the whole point for all of us. Tina says that you can look at this page from either direction and it reads the same. You'd have, you'll have to get the book turned upside down to see what I'm talking about. But the message, what the guides are saying is pay attention, pay attention. There are two worlds and you can look at it from different angles, but it's the same thing. 9.55 is 5.10. Heartache or here tache is the same thing. So the spirit world, when we pass to the other side, we just have a change of our point of view. But it's all one world. Wow. 
Very cool. So look what your book did for me. It gave me a big new way of looking at things. I hope everybody else is having a little bit of an aha, but we get stuck in seeing things one way. But if we just change our perspective, there's another way of seeing it. Cool. So thank you for that summary. That was great. <laughs> so um, how about signs from your mom since she passed? You said you agreed to certain things and she showed up not exactly what you agreed to, but in a way, perhaps? Yes. So um, I had mentioned earlier that, that Maury was with me through all of my journey with my mom. And, you know, certainly in the in the darker moments and the lonely moments when you're in the ER and you don't know what's going to happen and all of those things. Um, and one night we were in the ER and mom was was not good. Um, her her pressure was 77 over 31, and clearly Maury was there with me. But mom should not have been. She was still holding on. And so I decided to get greedy and ask Maury for another sign because I knew he was there and I appreciated it, but I needed to know if she was going to be okay. So I decided, all right, if she's going to be okay, show me her birthday. And I don't know how long it was because I don't remember, but Within that um, an hour, I think, I looked up at the big digital clock in the ER room, and there it was, 314, Mom's mm. birthday. And Mom did survive the 77 over 31 blood pressure. And that's um, that 731 number again, right? Yes, exactly. And let me just so, stop for, for a second to explain to those who aren't familiar with how this works is that Yes, it could be a coincidence that she looked up at the clock at that moment, but it's when our loved ones in spirit, in this case, Tina's brother, Maury, put the thought in her head, even if she's not aware of it, look at the clock now. And that's how it works. We get this thought, we think it's our own, and we look up and we have the answer to our request right there. You know, somebody somebody said something similar to that um, point to me, and the minute I stopped questioning is this me did I create this am I imagining it and I just went with this is them Mm -hmm. the signs flood in even faster oh yeah so I think that that's that's a great point um so mom and I had this deal you know I that when she passed and I said you know it's going to be a long time from now but let's make a deal now even though I knew it wasn't going to be a long time um you can't hijack Maury's numbers because then I won't know which one of you it is. So let's, uh-huh. let's pick your own. And so I explained to her what happened that night in the ER. And I said, so how about if you hijack your birthday? You can take that back now. <laughs> and so we made a deal. And she liked that. So after she passed, um, I saw 314 once um, that I knew was her. She, she disappeared for about a week. And then the following Monday, she showed up with 314. But then all of a sudden, the number 41 kept showing up, kept showing up, kept showing up. And it was just a knowing. It was a knowing that that wasn't our deal, but that was certainly her. And um, I didn't know why, but about two months after she passed, I was telling somebody what was going on. And as I verbalized it, I realized it was about two months before mom passed that she shared with me um, a private thought of hers. And she said, you know, I wish they knew what they know today. Um, When I was a kid 
and I wish they had all of that testing that you talk about now because I think I have dyslexia and I think that that's why I'm a bad speller and I don't like to read out loud. And so she like proved it to me. Like I couldn't figure it out, but I realized she's like not just giving me my 314. It's the 41. And even though we had this deal, it's a knowing. I know. And I see her all day long. She shows up in the 4141. And the only time I see the 14, the only time I know it's her and it feels right is with the three. So I'll see the 41 all day everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, she must be doing really well. Because she and has grabbing no your attention, using your thoughts to say, yeah. pay attention, and notice this. You're getting me thinking because I'm a little disappointed in the, the lack of awareness of my mom since she passed you know I'm, I'm this medium I'm supposed to be feeling my, my mom and I don't so for all of you who 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 feel this same way why don't we try an experiment and send the thoughts to our loved one why don't you try working with numbers or give me a sign that help me to notice these signs around maybe a specific word and we'll see is it just going to show up more often because we ask for it or is that because our loved ones are putting the thought in our head pay attention so thanks for that idea Tina Oh, you're welcome. And I think that um, it really does work because I've done it a few times for for people who aren't my brother and my mother. And I have gotten literal names that are not common show up after I've asked for them within hours. Okay. So it's going to work on that. that so your book, Turned Upside Down, a wonderful conversation starter and a way to continue the conversation for anybody who has a loved one on the other side, but really specifically for children, I would say, because it's so beautifully, it, it's attractive and draws a child in. And with the poetry written like a child's story, do you have examples of people who have had conversations or found healing because of the book? Yes, I do. Um, one of my my favorite stories is actually from a school counselor who, excuse me one second. It was from a school counselor who was actually dealing with her own grief at the time that they sent a young girl to her um, fourth grade whose father had passed and this young girl had autism and they couldn't, they couldn't get through to her and they were very concerned that she didn't understand the concept that daddy was gone and they asked her to help. And so she talked to her a little bit and then she pulled out the book and she read the book with her um, and then let her bring it home and um, came back to her the next day and had a whole conversation with her understanding that daddy was gone and started to recite the book by heart. Oh, wow. And we, you know, we don't know for sure because we we can't be in this young girl's mind, but we we think because of the nature of of the rhyming um, and the Mm -hmm. big words and the pictures connected with the words, it resonated with her. And she was able to start the healing process and, and work with her from there. And that's something that I just never anticipated or thought the book would be a part of and and so I was very grateful for that that feedback Um, so so yeah that was special Um, and then there's there's another one another age that I I, and and a thought process I I didn't think of Um, there was 
a woman that I knew. She was actually the realtor who helped me with my mom's apartment. She had a 25-year-old son who um, she had been his mom since he was very young, and they were very close, and they connected on every level. But she was best friends with his mother, who had died when he was five. And that was the one level they couldn't connect on. She couldn't get him to talk about it. She never tried to take her place. She always tried to keep her memory alive and do all of these things, but it was the one closed space. And she shared the book with him. And she did something beautiful. She didn't just give it to him. She brought him out to the beach and had, like, a really special moment. Mm. And it was the first time that he broke down and they shared. And um, it changed everything, at least in, in respect to that. So that was another one that kind of stole my, my heart away. I love it because it, the book, you can read it in, in 10 minutes. And, and yet you could savor every page and take much longer to read it. And just like when somebody's preparing to die, we're afraid to talk about it. So many people don't want to go there. This is a, it, it really gives a feeling of security and safety, and you don't have to look at each other if the emotions are too strong, although that's that would be lovely. If you can't, you both can look at these beautiful illustrations by Karen and and focus on that. And it just is a heart opener. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. I love the part in the middle about writing thoughts, memories, and feelings. Have you had anybody share with you something about that or something you want to um, share about that not, section? No, not, not specifics. I mean, I know that, um, you know, again, school counselors will, will take that page and grief centers will take that page um, the intention that I that I wrote that I put the that in there next to the poem is, you know, finding that poem all these years later, and going back to that space where where I was all those years later was so special to me when I found it that I wanted to give um, children that opportunity. So whether they're you know four and they're dictating a few words or just drawing a picture, or they're 16 and they write their own poem and, or their own story. It's something that, that later, that healing process, they'll see where they were, how far they've come. And um, I, I can't explain what it, what it really did for me, but it was, it was very special. And so that, that's why that's there. That's beautiful. And you have a website, foreverafter.com, but that's spelled F-O-U-R. That, does that have to do with your special number? Um, F-O-U-R is, is um, four is the number of the angels. So, you know. Not many people know why it's spelled weird. It just makes things difficult, but I know. So, okay, so to find out more about Tina and her book, please visit 4-F-O-U-R-EverAfter.com, spelled out for. Lovely. Tina Tashay and her book, Turned Upside Down. You have a brother who passed when you were 13, for those of you who joined us late. We haven't really talked about the difference in siblings who have a sibling pass. I, I deal so much with helping parents heal. And it, 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 as I've been told, the, the journey is different for parents versus their children. And they often don't know what how to talk about it with their children who are still here in physical form. Do you have any advice for them? Talk to them because they're still here. Um, 
even if you say the wrong thing, it's just like when you're with anybody, you know, so many people avoid the grief conversation with everybody because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And, and I like to say that as long as you have the intention and you show up, it's not the wrong thing. Somewhere along the line, the right thing will show up. The right thing will be said and it'll mean everything. How do you feel it's different for siblings? Um, I think it, it's kind of what we talked about before in that, you know, the, the siblings are the kids. So the, so the parents are grieving. Um, and, and I know for me, the passing of my brother completely switched who I was and what I was and, and my relationship. I, I became the one person in my life, in my mother's life, or I decided I was going to be the one person who would never disappoint her, her, who would never leave her because I had witnessed so much pain and so much loss. And of course I didn't do that consciously. It took me way into my forties to realize I had done that. Um, but you know, I just, just did everything I could to, to not cause her any more pain and, and, how could she suffer anymore? She's not supposed to, to lose a child. So that, that's where I think it's different. I think they're grieving and, and they don't really realize. Um, and for me, my, my siblings are all older than me. So it was a very, um, it was just all a very different, different process. Yeah, you know, Tina, that's come up different. in so many of my readings where I have a parent and their other children in the reading and the loved one on the other side who's one of the parents children makes the point to his or her siblings you don't have to feel so responsible now for carrying the ball for me for for filling my space that's what they often say that you don't have to feel so responsible for mom and dad now i think that's really important for the parents any of you who have a who have a child who's crossed the veil to to recognize that perhaps your children here in physical form may be feeling responsible for you and, and have a talk about that. Would you agree with that, Tina? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, you know, that they, it probably comes up in your readings because they're, they're wiser than we are. (laughs) Well, they see from a different perspective. It's that turned upside down perspective, the top down perspective that we can all achieve if we just shift our focus and see through their eyes that's the key. That's uh, this awakened way that I teach, and teach, the awakened way of living consciously, shows us that we walk in both worlds at once. We are also souls, and that's why we can attune to our loved ones who have passed. And if we can assume their viewpoint, it changes things. So we're coming to the end of the program here. I look down at, at the inside jacket cover of your book and you say it's the gift of never having to truly say goodbye this is this is everybody's fear that we've said goodbye how do you feel that your best your book best gets that point across um by by putting and sharing the idea that that you can obtain a relationship with them even though they've crossed you know it's it talks about the more you share, the more I'll be around and, you know, I'm never leaving your side and all of those things. And, and, and truly that, that just comes from, from the experience that, that Maury has given me um, and that he, he has made his mission for us to share that you really don't have to say goodbye. And, 
you know, sometimes I say goodnight because he's been around all day. Um, and my mom too, but, but you don't. And it's, it's all about paying attention and, and not getting upset when you don't get the signs. They're there and, and you'll see them and they'll figure out and, and you'll, they'll show up when, when you're ready. I mean, it was years for me. So people say, oh, it's been four years and I haven't received anything. We're talking 15 years for me before all of this happened. Wow. Now, how do we keep everybody from getting discouraged when they hear that? Don't be discouraged because he was there and I was young and I was busy and I was surviving and I didn't know. And the idea is if they're listening to this show, they know. So Mm -hmm. it's not going to take 15 years. I, I didn't know. I had no awareness at that point. Okay, so all of you listening, learn from Tina and just acknowledge your loved ones now. I just did a reading today and the woman said, please tell them I love them. And I said, well, this is the point. They're right here. You can tell them any time. That's the fact. They have not gone away forever. They're right here. So thank you so much, Tina, as we end the show today. I, I just given you a big hug from everybody who's listening. Thank you for your book, Turned Upside Down. And all of you, go out and keep talking to your loved ones because they hear you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.